You're listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Monsters by Relia on AO3, Chapter 9. May 24th, 2013. The view from the terrace was Elliot's favorite thing about Rome. The palazzo below, the fountains, the brick and the marble, the bustle of people and the twinkling lights of the city after dark. It was beautiful and elegant and foreign to him, a Jersey boy turned Queen's man, a Marine and a cop who had never been particularly concerned with beautiful things before. He was learning about beautiful things, here. He was learning to open his eyes. After nearly two years spent following private security work around the globe, nearly two years spent running from himself, whether he wanted to admit it or not, he had a new base of operations, here. In the dreary cold of a New York February, he and Kathy had packed up everything they owned and carted Eli across the sea to Italy started over fresh in an apartment that was older than the Union. He was still just a private contractor, but instead of following dignitaries around the desert for money, he'd be working with the Polizia, chasing international criminals, liaising with the states as needed. It was a good gig. It wouldn't take him away from Kathy and Eli as much, and it felt more like proper police work. He wouldn't feel so much like a soldier, and he was glad of it. He was tired of firing his gun. He did like this, though. He was learning Italian on the fly, and Kathy delighted in helping him practice. They'd gotten Eli into an English-language school, but he was learning, too. Learning a hell of a lot faster than Elliot. Everybody said kids picked things up quicker, and he figured that was right. Liv spoke Italian, he remembered. Spoke it beautifully. When Liv spoke Italian, every word sounded like a song. He tried not to think about that too much. There were museums here, museums Kathy carted him off to with wonder in her eyes. There were churches like nothing he'd ever seen before. The Vatican was just there. Nearly three months they'd been here, and Elliot still hadn't found it in his heart to visit the place, though Kathy wanted to, desperately. There was a part of him that was, still, hiding from God. He hadn't prayed since Jenna. Didn't want to pray or confess his sin. Didn't want to confront it. Didn't want to hear what God would have to say about it. In the fall, he'd told Kathy, refusing to admit his real reasons for avoiding the place. After the summer, tourists go home. Most days he felt like a tourist himself, but he was determined to make a go of it, here. To be one of the locals. He thought he was making headway in that regard. He'd started buying nicer suits like the ones his colleague Matteo wore. Not the old gray suits from the discount racks at Macy's. Nice blue suits with vests and pocket squares. Kathy liked the new suits. Liv would have made fun of him for them, he thought. Liv would have said he was trying to be someone he wasn't, and she'd be right. The food was better here, or different at least. There had been plenty of good Italian food in New York. Christ, it was New York. Of course the Italian food was good, but there was something about eating it here, in Italy, 
in little restaurants tucked away in corners of ancient buildings that made it taste better, richer, fuller, right. The coffee was better, too. But then he'd spent so many years drinking the swill from the station coffee pot, the one thing that never got cleaned, or from the bodegas at 3 a.m., maybe he just stopped worrying about quality while he was in the city. It wasn't like he was drinking coffee just to appreciate it while he was a cop. He was drinking it to survive. Everything was different here. The pace of life was a little slower, he thought, but maybe that was just because the work wasn't as devastating. Kathy seemed lighter, somehow, but maybe that was just because she wasn't so worried about him anymore. In Rome, there was nothing to distract him from her, and the pay was a hell of a lot better, and they spent less time arguing about bills, and their older children required less attention these days. It was just the three of them now, Kathy and Elliot and Eli, and their home was more peaceful than it had ever been. He had time to appreciate things now. Like he appreciated the view tonight, like he was appreciating sitting here in his shirt sleeves in the warm air of a May evening, sipping a good glass of whiskey, watching the people drifting through the palazzo listening to the splash of the fountain. Liv always wanted to travel. He remembered stacks of brochures, pictures of white sand beaches and crystal clear blue waters, remembered sitting in the car with her on stakeout, listening while she told him about her dreams. Paris, Rome, Vienna. Liv's mom had been an English professor, and in between her drunken rages and catatonic depressions, Serena Benson had filled her daughter's head with stories. Stories about far-off places and devastating beauty, and Liv wanted to see it for herself. But Liv never got further afield than Brooklyn, tied to the city that was her lifeblood and the job that gave her purpose. Those brochures? They'd never be anything more than a dream, because Liv never took those vacations, never took more than one day off work at a time, and then only under duress. Just a dream, a soft, fragile thing Liv had nurtured in her heart and never reached for. And he was the one here now, the one soaking in all this beauty, while she was walking familiar, grimy streets. The time difference was about six hours. It was night here, but it wouldn't be dark back home. Not for hours yet. Where would she be right now? Elliot wondered, looking out at the night. In the box with a perp, maybe giving him hell while a cluse paced behind her, or marching through Midtown with crowds parting before her like water. On the stand, maybe, glorious in her power and her fury, putting some asshole away for life, making the world safer one case at a time. She'd be, he thought, where she'd always been. Liv belonged in SVU. That was just an immutable truth of the universe. That squad was where she was meant to be. That was why he'd left, in the end. Well, one of the reasons. The main reason he'd left was because he couldn't live with himself if he stayed. The job was eating him alive, wrecking his relationships, his family, turning him into a fearful, angry man, which he didn't like very much. That job was breaking him in half, and the way he'd failed Jenna was the final straw. He was meant to protect her, and he'd killed her instead. She was just a kid, about the same age as Lizzie, and he'd let her down, let her mother down, let himself down. 
He'd looked at her, bleeding out on the station floor, and seen his own child, and something inside him had shattered. How could he go back? How could he face another victim? How could he look his own children in the face, knowing what he'd done? That was the first reason he'd decided to go. He couldn't stay. The second reason was live. It was live because Tucker had looked him in the eye and told him that if he wanted to come back, he'd have to submit to an IAB review of all his cases. IAB reviewing him meant IAB reviewing Liv, too. Meant drudging up all the sins of her past, all the secrets that were better off buried, Porter and Simon, and every time Liv had ever fired her gun. The world had changed over the years they'd been working together, and some of the shit she'd gotten away with back in the day wouldn't fly now. They would have crucified her, and even if they hadn't, she would have been marked, tainted by his sins and her own, trapped with no hope for advancement. He couldn't have that. Liv deserved better. Liv deserved so much better, he thought, than him. She deserved better than a partner who'd stall her career and keep her down in the gutter with him forever. She deserved better than a man who loved her but couldn't touch her. But it had been two years, and he was thinking of her, still. Thinking of her often. Thinking of her always. Kathy knew it. Kathy could see the faraway look in his eyes, his gaze trained on the horizon, and she knew what it meant. Kathy knew, but she never said a word about it. Like she thought just the mention of Olivia's name would be enough to send Elliot running for the hills, running for home, running for her. It was a fragile sort of happiness they'd found here in Rome, and Kathy didn't want to unbalance it, and Liv was the only thing heavy enough to tip the scales away from her. With a sigh, Elliot wrenched his eyes away from the palazzo, looked down at his drink, and then over at Alina. The wolf had been restless the last few days, pacing, ears twitching, tail swishing in agitation. When Elliot asked her what's wrong, she had no answers for him. I don't know, she kept telling him. I don't know, but something is wrong. She was pacing now, back and forth, back and forth. The terrace was maybe ten feet long, and Alina just kept going from one end to the other, tail flicking, her eyes grim. Something had gotten under her skin, and Elliot wanted to comfort her. But how the fuck was he supposed to do that when she didn't even know what was happening? It wasn't Kathy or Eli. They were happy and healthy and safe inside the apartment. Eli was tucked away in bed and Kathy was lounging on the sofa with a book in her hands and not a care in the world. It wasn't work, he knew, because they'd wrapped up their last case and he had a whole weekend to spend alone with his family. He'd called all the big kids, Maureen and Kathleen and Dickie and Lizzie, and they were all fine. And Mama was, too. Who else was left? Alina froze, suddenly, and Elliot felt it coming, felt it like it was crawling up the back of his own throat, the rising tide of horror, of grief. The whiskey glass tumbled from his grip and shattered upon the marble of the terrace at the exact moment Alina threw back her head and howled. It was a terrible sound, one he'd never heard her make before, loud and high and full of pain. It was a sound like heartbreak made real, and it scared him more than anything else had ever done in all his life.
You don't have the balls, he said, and something deep inside Olivia's chest snapped. She raised her head slowly, pausing for the briefest of moments to look at her own face in the reflection of the mirror, her hair dirty and wild, her face bruised and bloody, her eyes black with vengeance. She did not recognize that woman in the mirror, but when she wrapped her hands around the metal bar, she felt a sort of purpose settle over her. For a while now, ten minutes, an hour, a day, she couldn't say how long it had been since she'd wrestled herself free from the bed. She'd been at war with herself, between what she wanted to do and what she ought to do. Between the action the law said was right and the justice her heart demanded. Between what Elliot would do and what an obedient cop would have done. With one simple taunt, Lewis had made up her mind for her. That piece of shit, that vile, evil fucking demon, handcuffed to the end of the bed. He thought he knew her. He thought he had her all figured out. He thought fucking wrong. Ecluse was in the corner, with Lewis's stoat trapped between his heavy paws. He was still woozy. Lewis had shot him. That's how fucking evil he was. Shot a fucking demon. A creature who could bleed, who could feel pain but not die. Could not escape from it. Shot him, and might as well have shot Liv herself. Because Ecluse was her own soul, and whatever he felt echoed in her bones. Echoed like hurt. A hurt so bad she thought it was a wonder she hadn't died already. Of course Lewis didn't want them dead, Liv and Ecluse. He wanted them wounded and weak, and then he wanted to play. He'd underestimated both their tolerances for pain, however, and in the moment Liv had wrenched that bar off the bed and bashed Lewis with it, Ecluse had caught that fucking stoat in his jaws. With man and demon both neutralized, Liv had time to think, but it hadn't helped much. All she kept thinking was how alone she felt, trapped in that house with him, with no one coming to save her. No Nick, no Finn, no Amanda, no Brian. Because they had no way of knowing where she was. No Elliot, because he had disappeared and never looked back. Someone you would give anything to see just one more time. He'd been right about that. Chained to that bed, powerless, occluse, delirious from pain in the corner. She hadn't thought of her lover, or her friends, or her brother, or her mother. She had thought of Elliot, thought how fucking badly she wished he would come for her, and thought how fucking weak she felt for praying for it. Elliot had walked away, and he wasn't coming to save her now. Except he was, in a way. My old partner. He'd know what to do. Once she spoke those words out loud, she couldn't think of anything else. Couldn't think of anything but him, bursting through the door, what he'd say, what he'd do, when he saw what had become of her. She thought of him, his strength, his vengeance, his righteousness, thought of how he'd always been more concerned with what was right than what was legal. Elliot would have looked at that man, seen the evil he'd done, known how many times he had escaped justice in the past, and Elliot would have done what he must. Elliot would have saved her. But Elliot wasn't here. She was. And she turned slowly with that bar clutched in her hands. She would do what Elliot would have done.
what Elliot could not do. If he couldn't save her, she would save herself. With grim determination, she raised the bar over her head and brought it down hard, again and again, and as she did, she began to scream, a feral, heartbroken sound ripping out of her with every strike. In the corner of the room, Ocluse lifted his head and howled, and on the other side of the world, another wolf heard him and answered. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.